You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw Tua, looking. Flips it down the wide open! <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill! Unbelievable! Just flew by him for a second time. Tua knew where he was going right away. How the hit is that little man? I really hope you soon jump on his bandwagon. Waddle, waddle. To a shotgun, back to throw, looking, steps up, fires, touchdown. Okay. It's Waddle. His sixth touchdown Six pass touchdown of the day. Drive time with Travis Wingfield begins now. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's episode, the entire Dolphins Podcast Network, at least the originals, are here. Myself, Seth Levitt, OJ McDuffie, we're welcoming the boys from the Fish Tank Podcast to talk about their episode dropping tomorrow with Hall of Fame linebacker, Zach Thomas. We're going to talk to the guys about their episode, about Mr. Canton himself, number 54, stories of their time together here in the organization, what makes Zach a Hall of Famer in our eyes, and a heck of a lot more from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is the Drive Time Podcast. Let's not waste any more time and go ahead and play my interview with Seth Levitt, OJ McDuffie from the Fish Tank talking about their episode tomorrow with Zach Thomas. And for the first time in a long time, it seems like, the dynamic is back, the tripod, the trio, the truth, the consigliere, Seth Levitt from the Fish Tank, my man OJ Juice McDuffie, they're back in here diving in to drive time. And I'm kind of telling them pre-podcast recording, this is like an episode of the Fish Tank takes over drive time. They, They take the wheel, if you will. And so the reason we have you guys on today, Seth and OJ, welcome in, by the way, is to talk about your episode dropping tomorrow here on the Fish Tank with the great Hall of Fame linebackers. It just feels great to say that. It has such yeah. a ring to it, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And that's, it, it really does. The gold jacket, swapping out the aqua jacket for the gold jacket, at least for... You whoa, know, whoa, 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 whoa. There's no swapping, bro. <laughs> okay, There's no swapping. It's, 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 it's in way, addition to. It's in addition to. There's layers to that. And that you wear is both a sensitive the same topic. topic. Yeah, well, sure, if you want to, but it's in addition to. Okay. So, <laughs> Zach will now have... Maybe he'll be like the parent that comes to watch, like, you know, like uh, Reed Ferguson's parents when they go to a Bills and Dolphins game and they were like the half Reed, half uh, uh, Blake Ferguson jersey. And maybe he can do the same thing with the golden. He won't do that. It's interesting that that he he said they're Reed Ferguson's parents and not Blake Ferguson's. (laughs) There's something there, Juice. We got to figure out what's going on with that. We got to (laughs) dig, dig in, dive in. There's something going on. But yes, absolutely. He has access to both now. We are starting off at cruising altitude here on this edition of the Fish Tank. You Take handed us the keys, okay, yeah. Travis. That's like saying, hey, put on whatever song you want on the radio. Right, it's, and it's they did not like it. Right, yeah, I got it. Well, the entire reason we have the Fish Tank here today is talking about this upcoming episode with Zach Thomas. You guys killed the Rashad Jones episode last week Thank or you. two weeks ago, was it? Uh, when yeah, it would be out. about two weeks now. Yeah. Great episode with him, and you guys are just kind of killing it right now. So I wanted to get you on here to talk about this episode. And um, I guess I want to go here first and I'll, I'll throw it to you first because you played with him juice. And then I want to get uh, Zach. I want to get Seth's perspective after that, because I, the whole idea behind this is the three of us offer unique perspectives in the way we cover the team always. But with this player in particular, with Zach Thomas in particular, 
I think the three perspectives could not be more different, but also better when they come together. So the player's perspective, the teammate's perspective, Juice, when you think about Zach Thomas, what comes to mind for you? Well, I'll tell you what, man. Zach and my relationship goes way back before um, he became a Dolphin. You know, I, I saw Zach dominate my uh, <laughs> my Penn State Nittany Lions in a, in a, you know, in a, in a close loss, you know, up in Happy Valley. But then, of course, I got a chance to meet him personally when he made Walter Camp All-American. And, um, you know, and, and that was that was special. I think the fact that this humble linebacker, you know, who's always been considered undersized and didn't have the speed has made Walter Camp All-American, uh, which is, you know, the top echelon of college All-American, you know, honors. Um, and he still was that that humility that he still came in that room with. When you're considering all the guys that were there, there's only like like one in each each position. He was one of those guys, and so I, I, that 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 relationship right there, that's when it really started, man. He and me and Kijana Carter, we spent a whole weekend together. We had a really you know had a really good time, and sure enough, man, it was just amazing when he was drafted by the Miami Dolphins. He was coming to South Florida, and uh, being one of my teammates, I knew what kind of player he was. And I'm gonna tell you what, how else I knew what type of player he was. When I talked about Zach a couple of weeks ago when he made the Hall of probably a month ago now, I think it is, when he made the Hall of Fame, I had some teammates or guys that played at Penn State like hit me up on the side and they were like, Oh man, I remember Zach like it was yesterday. You know, he he beat up on a couple guards of ours that were first round draft picks. You know, he had 20 some tackles and they were like, yo, man, it's about time they got him in. You know, so I already knew what type of player he was. Then I got a chance to know what type of person he was in those couple other encounters, you know, when we got a chance to go out and hang out, man. Uh, so what really sticks out to me is not how good he was, but how humble he was and being so great. That's that's one of the things that is consistent that you hear about Zach is is the way that the people that played with him or worked around him spoke about him in, in the way you just did, OJ. Who was the guy you had on the fish tank recently, Seth, who talked about the process of, of voting him in and Patrick Willis's comments that really pushed that over the, the goal line. What, what, what episode was well, that? J- Jason Cole shared that story. Uh, Jason, you know, who covered Zach both from uh, Miami Herald perspective and the Sun Sentinel perspective, but he's one of the selectors um, that is part of that process and, and certainly advocated for Zach. And, and he shared that story. Uh, Joe Horgan was also on from the hall of fame recently, but I don't, he didn't want to share any details from the room, but did feel that, that his time was coming as well. It's, I mean, the, the Kevin Mawai speech, the Peyton Manning. Mm. Uh, I, I wrote an article about, you know, Zach Thomas makes the Hall of Fame like five years ago that I wound up repurposing over the years because I thought he would be getting in each year and it just kind of doesn't happen. But you, you get those testimonies that are, that they're just like uniform across the board. Everyone has the exact same thing to say about him in different ways, but the ultimate goal is, or the ultimate, I guess, arriving point is, is all the same. So same question to you, Big Seth, as someone that worked closely with with Zach and, you know, the PR department and obviously, you know, coached him through media and just was were around him so often. What do you think about when when you think about Zach Thomas? Oh, man, there's so much to think about. I, Juice is right. The humility for sure. Um, and, and all the on field stuff that I imagine we'll talk about here in this podcast. But just, you know, Zach's character, he was so, he was such a unique individual because it's like he the more you dug into it, he actually came from a, a, a family that that was successful. You know, Mr. Thomas was very successful, but Zach never carried himself as someone that was aloof or came from, you know, the, the country club living or what have you. 
Um, so he really did seem like someone that was from humble beginnings, even though in a lot of ways that wasn't the case. Uh, certainly that te- there, he is Texas through and through. You know, there, there's no two ways about that. Um, but the thing that stands out the most to me was, you know, you'll you'll hear throughout the episode tomorrow, preparation. He talks about his prep, his prep. And that extends far beyond the football field. It didn't matter what he was doing in life. He never wanted to be unprepared. He never wanted to be embarrassed. Um, you know, it was important to him that he was, re- that he gave respect, that he, that he got respect. And he wanted to make sure that no matter what he's doing in life, whether he's sitting down with the fish tank, whether he's, uh, you know, gonna, well, there's a lot of fun stories, whether he's going to show up for a charity event, or certainly whether he was on Sundays in front of the whole world and, and doing the thing that he loved to do the most. He wanted to make sure that he was prepared and that you got the best version of Zach Thomas he could possibly get. And I think that stands out to me more than anything else. I think that's why fans appreciate him so much. And again, to provide that fans perspective and you guys were too as well, but just, you know, from someone that didn't know him and, and just only knew him as the player, like you you can't control your talent level, right. But you can control the way you prepare and the way you get yourself ready uh, for games. And that's, I appreciate that because you maximize what you can control what more can you do? That's literally putting your best foot forward. And Juice, you know, I, I keep hearing that again. I talked about Mawai. I talked about Peyton Manning. You guys both mentioned the preparation, uh, also the humility. But I'm curious, Juice, if you can, like, remember back to practicing against this dude because, you know, we just signed David Long, and I, I'm watching clips of David Long call out plays. I'm like, that. that's like, that's what Zach did. That was That's yeah. that's what made great middle linebacker play for Zach for so long. I'm curious how tough it was to practice against this dude because I have to imagine – He's doing the same stuff on the practice field. Yeah, you know what? He'll tell you a story, man. I chewed him up a little bit at the beginning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's easy at the beginning to get these, you know, uh, aggressive young linebackers that want to make a play every time. You know what I mean? So when I'm running a little sluggo or, you know, a stutter crosser, things like that, I, I can get him at the beginning. But you can, you're not going to fool him more than twice. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, for, <laughs> fool him once, same on him. Fool him <laughs> twice, same, you know? So it's like, you know how it is, man. So I got him a couple of times. He actually talked about that a little bit, but after that, it was impossible because honestly, once you beat him like that, once he sees somebody else get beat like that, that's when he goes back into the lab and figure out, okay, when, when he did this, it's about alignment and assignment. And then how, you know, how he aligns, he knows what's coming a lot of times, you know, and that's one thing about Zach that I, I learned right away. So being the guy that I was at that position, you know, um, a little higher on the food chain when it came to Miami Dolphins at that point. He wasn't going to knock my head off, but he'll let me know that, oh, I'm here, Juice. You know what I mean? And you started seeing that come around, whereas, you know, no matter what we ran, and a lot of times it's harder as an offense going against your own defense to to be successful. But he started realizing what we were running, and he knew that, you know, I have a way of stopping this guy. But you also saw that, you know, every single time his wheels were turning, he was learning, and then you weren't going to beat him on the same thing again because that's that's how they that's the adjustments that Zach made, and that's where you know you look at now. You talk about where he's at now, and Seth talked about being prepared. I mean, his film prep. I mean, that was part of it in practice way back then as a rookie, and it continued on through his whole illustrious career. That's I mean, that's the number one thing they teach rookies, right? Don't make the same mistake twice. And for a guy that was drafted in the fifth round. Like it's it's tough to win rookie of the year in general, but to do it as a fifth round draft pick, it's it's almost seems impossible because you have the fanfare for those early round draft picks. And uh, you mentioned, you know, the preparation and and kind of being a guy that would, 
you know, Juice, you ran so many routes over the middle and you had to contend with the Ray Lewis's and the Brian Urlacher's and luckily not Zach Thomas because you were on his team. But we saw him have that impact early. Was it was it his first career game against the Patriots when he had a big knockout shot to force a fumble? Was that, the, was that game one of his career? You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, yes, we, we do. We talk about that in the podcast. And it's, uh, yeah, it was definitely that. It was, uh, you know, welcome to the NFL moment for Zach, but also like, damn, I'm in the NFL for the, for Sean Jefferson, you know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's, and yeah, so, yeah. but you know, that's the thing about it, man. I mean, you talk about Zach being a fifth round pick, but he was a first round talent, in my yeah. opinion. You know, his fifth round status was only because, you know, they were talking about his size and his speed and things like that. But his talent was definitely first round talent. I, it's it's funny because one of the, the debates I find myself in on Twitter, maybe even in my own head, because I don't really put much on Twitter anymore, at least in terms of arguing, is is about like this modern idea of like the only way you can be great at football is to be huge, fast and strong. But like being good at football goes a long way to being good at football as well. And I think Zach really exemplifies that, uh, you know, I, but I'd love to hear more about uh, you guys talked about this, uh, that big hit on the podcast here, Seth. We did. So we, we, uh, one of the things we wanted to talk to Zach about was moments on field moments that stood out to us, like our quintessential defining Zach Thomas moments. And one of the two of us identified that, which is, it's fascinating in a lot of ways because it is one of the first memories people have of Zach Thomas, at least once the regular season started, it was his birthday, you know, September 1st, that game took place. That was his birthday. It was his first NFL start, his first NFL game. And, uh, and it really kind of set the tone for what the next 13, 14 years of his career would be and ultimately a hall of fame career. Absolutely. And you got me thinking about the moments that I did stand at the most in my mind. So one of you guys picked that one. Are you not going to reveal it right Why don't you here? Tell I mean, me what we got to leave something for yeah. <laughs> Travis, tell us what your pick is, bro. That's what right. Right. The two came to mind right away. Number one, I, I've talked about it before, is that 2005 season opener against the Broncos. He made like three out of four plays in a row on the goal line to yeah. get a goal line stand. And JT actually had the other one. So it's like that was, you know, I told I we talk about all the time, Seth, you mentioned in the Rashad Jones episode, my golden era of, of watching Dolphins football. Like those two guys making an entire goal line stop was awesome for me. But they also had a game the following year in 2006 against the Jets on Christmas. And he had another big hit on Lavernius Coles that got the defense off the field too. So it's, those would be it because he had big hits in both of those. And again, for a guy that was, what did he play at? Like, like five ten, like two twenty. What do you know what he's I think he would want five eleven. I think if Zach right? were here, we, he'd we be all like, want oh, that. man, that's disrespectful. That. But yeah, he, he would probably want five eleven. Yeah. Probably two twenty five, two thirty, right. Juice. Yeah. It's interesting. If you go back and look at pictures of Zach from when he arrived here as a rookie, to, to by the end of his career, just the way his body changed and, you know, he leaned out. And and I think what the expectation was of a linebacker playing at Texas Tech, you know, in 1995 was compared to someone who learned how to take care of himself, which is also something he talked about, that his prep wasn't just film prep, but it was what could he do to make his body um, you, know, you know, to last longer, to heal quicker, to be as efficient as he possibly could be. We love to joke with him about his flexibility. We didn't talk about his flexibility. We did. We did. But yeah, he like he couldn't touch his toes when he got now. I'm saying that I can't. It's, not, the, it's not even that far reach, big <laughs> yeah. far reach. That's, yeah, God, I wish he was here. Me. Jokes aren't as fun. That, yeah. <laughs> jokes aren't as fun when he isn't here, but we're gonna have to make sure we send this to him. I wouldn't say that in his in his face. That's oh, I would. I would <laughs> definitely. But that's the relationship. So that's another side of Zach that I think people don't know, unless you know him, right? If you know, you know, as they say. 
but he is the ultimate jokester, man. He, he loves cracking on people and being cracked on. And he, you know, everything about him, which I think is part of why he was so popular within the locker room. You know, if you, if you say, okay, here's a guy who comes from a successful family and, you know, and, and, and became uh, an immediate starter and a veteran got cut. And if he was kind of aloof and just thought about himself and he just disappears after practice and goes and hides in his hyperbaric chamber and he wouldn't have been the team leader. He would have been a great player regardless, but he wouldn't have been the team leader. But I think the, the reason Part of the reason why he was so uh, beloved by his teammates above and beyond his talent, because all the guys love people who can play because you're, you know, everybody's in it, you know, you want to win and, and, and you're helping everybody win and, and make money and achieve their goals. But as, as juice has said often on the fish tank, he loved to be able to hang out with the defensive guys and fit in with the defensive guys just as much as he could with the quarterbacks and receivers. And Zach was that guy. Everybody loves Zach, no matter where you were in that locker room from special teams to the linebackers sitting next to him and everything in between. And uh, he's just uh, constant jokes, good times, loves a good party. I can only imagine what his post uh, in enshrinement speech celebration is going to be like juice. He's warned us. He's, he's warned us a little bit. Nick the says. crip walk will come out. You know, so he, he, he is just a fun loving guy. In addition to somebody that took his craft very, very seriously. That's the best of both worlds. I mean, it reminds me of like Coach McDaniel and the way that he has this persona that's so, you know, so approachable. But when you get down to it, the dude's an X's and O's savant. It's it's a good company to be in. I'm curious because the way you talk about it sounds like it was immediate in terms of him kind of making the defense his. And so I guess I would pose the question to Juice. How long did it take for the team to kind of realize this is the captain of the defense? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I'm going to tell you, it started early. You know, it really started around that, you know, training camp was part of it. First preseason game was another part of it. But, you know, if you look back at what we talked about with like Sean Wooden and those guys, when we did the little tribute, they they knew it pretty, pretty much right away. Um, you know, and they started hearing him making signal calls and Sean was making them in the secondary. And at that point, they realized this guy is a, a great leader. He not only leads by example, um, but he also leads by his work ethic and everything else, man. But I think, you know, for us, especially on the offensive side, man, we just saw this guy making plays. And we knew the rest of the guys around him were pretty damn special as well, you know? So if you got a guy in the middle making the calls and making the plays, you know, the rest was history with him. So, I mean, right away, Zach's work ethic, his humility that we talked about before, you know, you you you, you buy in with him. Um, then you go out there and you make plays on top of that. Some guys work hard as hell, Travis, and they're not playmakers. <laughs> there's some guys that you know that can run well they can lift well they can do all this stuff, stuff well and they're great workers they don't make plays that did all that you know what i mean when you see all that as well as the ability to lead grown men because you're dealing with guys that have been in the league for eight nine ten years as a rookie so you got to get them to buy in before you get anybody to buy in you know and once they did which is almost immediately that's why you know it became special with, with zach right away so immediate in terms of his impact in the locker room, but Seth, I'm curious about the other side of, of the business and the building and, and his interactions with you and, and people in PR and, and media. Was it similar on, on that side of the football world for him? Uh, you know, now I, this was, as I like to tell juice all the time, class of 96, this was my <laughs> rookie year as well. I was just an intern and just, just really kind of learning uh, all about it, you know, uh, and, and so I, I didn't know what I didn't know at that point in time. And he was just a guy who was my age and we were kind of going through this thing together, except that, you know, his job was a lot cooler. 
and uh, and he mattered a lot more to to what the the overall goals of the team uh, were. But um, I what I can tell you is one of the first things that I was asked to do. I've told the story over and over again. But you know, when I first started there, my first day as an intern, it's when Harvey Green said, "Hey, I'm the PR guy for Dan Marino and Jimmy Johnson and and Mike Hansen. May he rest in peace." He said, "Mike is the PR guy for the rest of the starters, and whatever else is left is you." <laughs> and so, a fifth round draft choice, a five eleven linebacker, fifth round draft choice out of Texas Tech. That was what was left, right? The, you know, the, those are the type of players for about two weeks. And then as soon as he became a starter, he was elevated at, you know, <laughs> off on our podcast. The JV coach, that, you got the, the, your star player pulled up to varsity. That's exactly right. <laughs> now what was cool juice uh, in the podcast was when he said, Hey, Seth, you were assigned to me from the day I got there until the day I left. And, and the truth of the matter was that, that I guess that connection stayed, but he certainly got a lot more attention from, from Mike and ultimately Neil Golkus and certainly Harvey at that point. But one of my first assignments was Harvey Green. You know, he used to write on his his doctor like handwriting on these little notepads. You ever go to a you ever go to a, a flea market or outside a garage sale somebody side of somebody's house and they give you a handwritten receipt on one of those little carbon you know those little receipt books you can buy at Office Depot and oh yeah so he had those for messages and he would tape them up and we would tape those up in guys' lockers. Remember Juice? You know? Oh yeah. Call, so and so, and and he handed me something. He said, "Hey, this is so and so, and he's uh, from Lubbock, Texas, and I guess he's been covering Texas Tech for the last thirty years, and he wants to talk to Zach Thomas." And he looks at me and he goes, I, I think he's the white linebacker. I, you know, Harvey wasn't even sure who he was. And he said, but I guess he's a big deal back there. Can you handle this? And so I walked Zach in. He was coming out of the cold tub juice. He was still wearing his grays. Didn't even put a shirt on. And he, he just kind of lumbered his way. And he did this, you know, this interview. And, and then it became the first of many because he went from being, wow, this is cool. Hometown hero gets to be in the NFL, gets his shot to, wow, D- Jack Del Rio was just cut. One of Jimmy Johnson's favorites was just cut because they can't keep this guy off the field to, wow, the Dolphins just got a steal. And so he was, I went back and looked at it recently. He was a, did this huge spread in, in Sports Illustrated that Rick Riley came down and did a great story on him. Peter King is there the next day. And all of a sudden, all these national writers, there's a lot of attention. It was Jimmy Johnson's first year back in the NFL after, you know, walking away from two Super Bowl championships or, or I guess uh, one right in Dallas. And then yeah, three rings. Was it two in UM and one? I lose count. But he built a hell of a team in Dallas. And so now, so Jimmy was a big story. Here's another Jimmy Johnson stole the draft type story. So there was a lot of attention placed upon Zach. And he was just always happy to do things. He'd give us a hard time in the background, as as players sometimes <laughs> like to do. And I think more so because he enjoyed giving us a hard time. But he was always respectful. He, you know, ultimately wouldn't turn anything down if he felt that the request was also one of, by someone who respected what he was doing. Because if you said something, you know, all these guys say they don't read it. They don't pay attention to the media. They don't look at the Internet. They're not on social media, Travis. They know. They know yeah. what's going on. And so if somebody, you know, Juice, we've had those conversations. Where oh, yeah. There's some pretty big names that have uh, been around this league. And, and word got back to you if they said something you didn't like either. So he knew that that was going to be the case. But overall, for you get a guy who becomes a star on your team and, you know, gets a tremendous amount of requests, always doing the production meetings, always having to do the weekly conference calls with the other team. And especially after Dan Marino retires, where we don't have that quarterback that is the guaranteed ask every year, 
Zach and JT got a lot of those requests and he always did what was asked of him. Never skipped out of the back of a locker room, even after difficult losses, always gave time to the media. I think every media member that covered him would tell you how respectful he was. And, and that really did start from day one. And and that probably plays a little bit into his hall of fame candidacy. Don't you think in terms of like, I mean, I don't know. I think your your play ultimately decides whether or not you get in, but I do think that kind of being that type of person probably helps too, don't you think? I would say that if you're an out-and-out jerk, it becomes more difficult to get in, right. but ultimately your talent will supersede. You know, we've seen some players where you scratch your head and said, what took so long? I, like, I'm talking – Dolphin fans will be like, yeah, Zach Thomas, he's that guy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, so we've seen some of that um, where certain guys that you thought would be surefire uh, first team guys, maybe, you know, the, the group is the group that are selectors. I don't think anybody, I think they take that job too seriously to intentionally allow bias to prevent people from getting to the hall of fame. I really do. But I think that, they may not look as hard or might look harder at the things that could be potentially negatives and you got to wait your turn. I think with Zach, it certainly didn't hurt that he was beloved, but at the same time, he had to wait his turn, man. I mean, yeah. you know, he, his last game was what 2008, you know, 2009, maybe he, he went to camp with Kansas city, I think. So he certainly waited his turn. Him being a nice guy didn't, you know, it didn't thrust him in there. So he got in there on his merit. Um, being a nice guy, I think, was just a nice thing that happened along the way. Yeah, Seth, along that, I think Joe Horgan really touched on that a little bit, too. You know, we had him on about talking about certain guys and, you know, that had to kind of wait their turn. And Zach was kind of one of those guys, but how he felt about the fact that, you know, his time was definitely coming. Yeah. You know, and that was, uh, you know, that was that was pretty, pretty, pretty obvious, too. And, uh, you know, and then Zach, Zach talks a lot about in the podcast, you know, about, um, you know, some of the things that, you know, led to his probably delayed entry into the Hall of Fame. So that's going to be it, it was interesting to hear from him as well. Because yeah, we no doubt, guys who get in. So we call that a teaser. In of the course, end. it is a big tease. <laughs> a big tease. <laughs> I say, keep some meat on the bone for the folks. Think <laughs> after this, as uh, as I like to say on my show here, but uh, this is uh, this will be Zach's second time in the tank, right? So we, you guys had him a while back, and he told so many great stories. And what you guys talk about in terms of the person, the character. Uh, how humble, how accepting he is of everybody he inter- encounters. That comes across in that episode. And I'm curious, you know, with the new episode coming out tomorrow, if you guys felt a different, I don't want to say vibe, but like, did anything change for you or just like how the two episodes compare from pre-Hall of Fame Zach Thomas to now Gold Jacket Hall of Famer? How do those two episodes kind of stack up in that way? Yeah, big-headed, arrogant. I mean, now that he's got the, no, <laughs> he, was, he was already big-headed for but for different reasons. But. Oh, I love it, Juice. You were just, you know what? It, it kind of is a layup here for you because you were just saying this on the on our call the other day about, about Zach how his how demeanor he, yeah, and his, yeah, he he's way more. He's definitely way more um, relaxed. He's definitely way more relaxed, but he's also a little more. He's a little more cocky. He really is, man. You know, yeah. he's a badass. He's always been a badass. If you want to call that cocky, <laughs> he's, yeah. a, he's a little, he's a little bit of a, he's, but you know what though, man? It's it's a, it's it's also a, you can tell the relief. You can yeah. tell that you know what I mean. That you know, not that it was. He, I think he knew he was going to get in, but it's still that it's still off his shoulders because you know we hell you me Travis Nick Seth you know we've been fighting the fight for him. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and he's he's heard it. He's heard everybody else fighting the fight for him. 
And uh, and he, like he said himself, you know, everybody can relax, you know, and I think he's the one also who has relaxed a lot because of that. He's just a different, he was, he was just so chill, you know? Yeah. yeah, I think that was the, that was the the thing about it, man. Even though we knew and he knew and a lot of people told us that he's going to get in, but hell until it happens, you know, you don't know, but yeah, big Seth. So yeah, you're right, man. He, he's definitely a different guy in terms of that, but he's that same dude that gives me and Seth a lot of hell. You know, whenever he gets an opportunity. To. I don't know how much he gives you, but he sure as hell gave me plenty <laughs> of it. That's for sure. Now, it was pretty cool uh, to see it on. I mean, look, life doesn't suck for Zach Thomas. It didn't before uh, the NFL honors announcement, and, and it certainly doesn't now. But in 2018, we were at that house, beautiful home, We've got a beautiful family. Everybody's healthy, knock on wood. And he's, you know, is, uh, he's living a good life that he's earned and all of those things. And I think he's very happy doing all the things that he does um, it really in the shadows in a lot of ways, right? And from, from the public, he's very present with, with his kids. I like to call him a soccer dad. And we joke around with that and say he's driving around in a, a, a big Toyota Sienna or something, but um, he, he, he still, he was always a guy that liked to put pressure on himself and liked to stress about things and liked to, you know, it was kind of a motivator for him. He would create all of these scenarios so that he could outwork his situation because he, you know, as a player, he did that. And in, in, I think in life, in a lot of ways, and, and as Juice said, you didn't sense any of that. He just looked like he was kind of walking on air when he walked in there and he was so gracious with his time. And you're right, Juicy, you know, I, I don't know if I could quite call him cocky. I don't know if he knows how to do that yet. But um, he, uh, he doesn't like to talk about himself a lot publicly, yeah. you know, he'll, he'll tell us he's a bad dude, you know, <laughs> privately and, and likes to do that. But publicly, he is always so humble and so gracious. And I know that some of his former teammates, as you heard on the uh, on the um, tribute episode that we did, you know, they, they don't want him to aw shucks himself out of being a hall of famer. You know, they want him to take a little credit for what, what type of a player he was. And, and I think he was more open to talking about those things on, in this episode, you know, he talked about his prep. He talked about the things that he felt allowed him to, to be at his best, to, to win where he won, where he had an edge on his opponents. Um, you know, he wasn't, you know, he didn't come on the show and pound his chest, but I think that he was really open about that stuff. And, and comfortable in doing so. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good prelude to my penultimate question here. Those are big words like mayonnaise there, Juice. That is yeah, that's a whole that lot. Was, that, was the than, that was bigger than mayonnaise. That was bigger than mayonnaise right there. Penultimate's my new one. I've been using it a lot. You'll hear on the podcast a lot. I'm sure if you listen to if it. you use it too much, then everyone just thinks that someone tweeted you, hey, here's a new SAT word for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, give, me the, give me the book. I'll go back over that thing again. But no, it was I, I was... Curious because, again, as someone that doesn't know Zach personally, I, I actually met him for the first time at the DCC and just as nice as can be, you know, introduce himself. Hey, Travis, nice to meet you. And by the way, it looks like he can still play linebacker. looks incredible, in great shape. Maybe but, strong uh, safety now, Travis. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, well, you know, it's funny about that juice. See, juice, there you go. There you go. Count that. It's disrespectful, man. You count them out. There, there was We're a measurable. on message boards back in the early 2000s, and there was actually like this legendary threat about moving Zach to safety and the guy just got crushed for it. So it's really funny that you brought that up here because <laughs> it was a bad idea then. And I think Zach would say it's a bad idea now, but I understand what you're saying there juice, but <laughs> as someone that didn't know him, you know, I, I had this perception of, you know, tough guy, you know, obviously probably a little bit of a meathead because he's a linebacker playing in the national football league, but then you, you see, right. You see the, the interaction with him and Jimmy Johnson and his family when he 
goes back home. The NFL Network had the the great video they they showed of him learning that he was being you know elected into the Hall of Fame, and the emotions that you saw overcome him. Just it, to me, what you guys just described is visually present in those videos. And so I wanted to get your guy, both your guys' perspective on seeing that video. And because like talking about it right now, as someone that doesn't even know the guy, it makes me a little emotional. Like it kind of can feel the emotions bubbling up. Did you guys feel that when you watched to that video? Yeah, I mean, no doubt about it, man. It was like, um, you know, we we talked a little bit about that that weight, you know what I mean? That the weight and the weights, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, both weights, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? The waiting to get in there and the weight off his shoulder of getting a couple in there. of poets here today. Yeah. Look at you guys. Yeah. I tell you and, what. You know, and uh you do see that, you know, we, we actually, we, we touch on this little soft ass in the, in the, in our, in our podcast <laughs> being soft. No, I was playing, man. Of course, man. I mean, this dude, you know, he's always wore his emotions on his sleeve, you know, in private more than anything, man. You know, he's a tough dude, but hell man, he, 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 you, you hear the emotion, you know, when, you know, when we have a tough loss and you see him in the locker room, like Seth said, he steps up to the podium, no matter what. But, you know, behind the scene, he's pissed for another week until he gets another chance yeah. to get back out there. Even when we win, he's still back in the lab working, you know. So you always see him in work mode all the time. But then we get him in private, you know. Hell, Zach was Zach and Seth was at my wedding. We couldn't get Zach off the dance floor. That's <laughs> Zach right there. You, yeah. you, you talk about crip walking. He was doing it all, man. You know, a good friend of mine said Zach owes him a pair of pants. He tried to compete with him and he ripped his pants. You know what I mean? You know that he was Pampa High School's Mr. Dance his senior year in high school. I don't know if that's what I don't know how many people you competed with. I don't know if it was a class of like 18 people, but still. You got to consider where you're at in the the, the country, but that's okay though. We get it. You know what I mean? But yeah. Who's on your schedule? (laughs) Yeah, But yeah, man, I tell you, man, just like you know, to see him that emotional, you don't you don't see that very often no. from from anybody that's played football, you know, but then you see that from a guy like Zach Thomas, who's a hard ass football player, tough as nails, you know. And like I said, I think a lot of things came out at that one point. And I think for Seth and I, I know for myself, I was hella emotional about it too, man. Just seeing how, you know, just how 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 appreciative he was, yeah. but how that weight, you know, finally the weight and the weight were over. You know I mean? It was great. It was really great. It was a look yeah. on his face, Seth, the, the smile that came across his face when he realized, oh, the, like what was happening. It was so cool, man. It was, it was really cool. I think it worked out great. And, you know, everybody who was involved in that process uh, did a hell of a job. How they kept that a secret is, <laughs> is beyond me, but it was, you could tell that was legitimate. There was no poker face there, that that was legitimate as he walked up there. And I think Juice was right. I mean, emotion is the key word. Zach played with emotion and passion. He had fun with emotion and passion. Uh, you know, post-game, I, he was in the locker room. He and JT were notoriously the last two that were, and they never skipped out of an interview post-game locker room, but they were always last, the last two. And there's a lot of different reasons why that was the case. Actually, JT was always the last to go. And the, and, and he he liked to wait and hear what Zach would say, because for Zach, he'd get up there and especially after a loss and especially after a loss to the Jets, mm-hmm. it would just pour out of him. And he was furious and he would say all kinds of things that he normally <laughs> wouldn't say. And uh, I remember one time we were in the Jets locker room after another lousy loss and and he was just going on and on. And Dan Levitard turns to me and he says, 
this is like a therapy session for him, isn't it? And I go, he might need one after this, the way he feels about it. But so, you know, everything he did, and I think that's part of why people have connected with him so, you know, so much. I think that's why fans absolutely love the guy is because, you know, when when you're a fan and you show up and you've painted your face and you've paid that good money and you've been out there at the stadium eight hours before kickoff and all those things, and you're screaming your head off and truly your your investment. Um, Why are you talking about me like that, Big Seth? <laughs> right. So if you're this guy, like 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 my co-host here, you want to feel like the players care as much as you do, if not more. And the truth of the matter is, they do. Yeah. And sometimes the way they handle that is perceived differently because you just, it, Travis, you and I will never know what it feels like to go through that. But there's this perception, and with Zach, because he wore it on his sleeves, there was no hiding the emotion or the passion. Uh, uh, you know, I think that's a big part of the reason why fans have connected with him. And so when he went in, I had a friend texting me that he and his wife were jumping up and down in tears when he came out on the uh, on the stage for NFL honors. And and why is that? Why do you have that visceral connection with a guy that you've never met? And it's because of all of those things. It's because of the emotion that he exuded each and every time he put on orange and aqua. Yeah, it's it's basically we're all in this together at the end of the day. And that's that's what Zach definitely embodies a, a member of the Miami Dolphins and the South Florida community. And so we've arrived at the final question here. It's not a question. What I'm going to ask you guys to do, and it's not like it needs this because obviously everyone that hears this is going to listen to the podcast because we all love Zach Thomas for the reasons we well, just I hope about. so. I mean, drive time's awesome, but damn it, come over and check out the fish tank. Yeah, dive come in. Come over and check out the fish tank. Dive, <laughs> dive in. I want you guys to juice. I'll go to you first is sell us. Tell us tell us about this podcast, why it was awesome, why it's great, why Dolphins fans have to hear this episode of The Fish Tank. Well, I tell you, man, um, for one, is Zach Thomas. <laughs> Done. I mean, we can start <laughs> off right there. All it's, right. It's 5-4. In the meantime, that'll be my time. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and also, you know, Zach, Zach is, like Seth said, he's really, his time is like, really, like, really presses with more of his family and to even get him on on extended, I mean, we were probably on there for close to 45 minutes to an hour talking to him. He's so he's so like quiet, like we talk about humble, but he's also a family guy that really doesn't, you know, get out, you know, and do a lot. Um, I think the fact that, you know, he took the time out as uh, Seth kind of talked to him about getting out there and seeing us as, you know, the podcast will, <laughs> will tell you that. Steph was on Zach about getting his ass out there and getting him in the tank. And Zach, as promised, you know, came into the tank. But I'm going to tell you, some of the things he says in this this episode, like I talk about every podcast that we, Seth and I do, you know, even the one we did with Rashad Jones a couple weeks ago, we learned something new. You know what I mean? And you're talking to two guys that know Zach Thomas pretty well. And we learned something new. Again, a few things new. You know, and I think that's why it's really a must, a must listen, because the Zach Thomas that we know, we know 90% of Zach Thomas, but there are a couple of things that will, there's a couple of nuggets in there that he's going to drop that are super important to the reason why he's so damn good. You know what I mean? And uh, I think that was, that was, that was, that was super um, impressive to me. Cause I mean, hell we laughed, you know, we, we, we got, it was serious. We, you know, we joked a little bit, but overall, overall, man, it was Zach Thomas at his best. And it was so much fun just having him in there. And uh, man, when you hear a couple of those little tidbits, Travis, you're going to, you're going to love it, man. And we'll, we might talk to you, you know, tonight after we, after you post, 
you know, we might talk to you a little bit about some of the stuff, but you, you'd rather want to hear it firsthand. He live tweets it. though, Juice. You got to be careful. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's true. Tweets. That's true. We got you got to you got to hear it. You got to hear it that way first. And that's what's going on. <laughs> I don't know if you can top that set. That was pretty good. I'm, I'm, I, mean, I can't. I don't know that any. It almost feels like you know. Hey, look at me for me to just feel like I have to say something because Juice just painted a great picture. That, but but yeah, absolutely. No, I, I mean, look, he's right. It's what else do you need to say? It's Zach Thomas. Hall of Famers don't grow on trees. This team that we all love and have cheered for. Some people who are listening to this have cheered for them since the beginning of the organization in 1966. Zach only becomes the 11th, the 11th Hall of Famer in the history of this team. Uh, there are some guys that are deserving. I don't know when the next one will, you know, when we'll put another gold jacket on another Miami Dolphin, hopefully sooner than later. But the point is that one of 11 dove in the tank and told some really wonderful stories and hopefully some things that hadn't been told before, as Juice is saying. And, you know, when a guy like that takes you essentially inside Right. Uh, you know, inside his you get to look through his eyes almost at how he's diagnosing a Peyton Manning led offense like that's really cool stuff. You know, and uh, I, I thought that that was special. Um, it's just it's Zach. I, I think that we probably could have just stopped there. It's it's a great episode. Hopefully it feels like three guys that have known each other for a long time talking about something that uh, that everybody wanted. But one guy really deserved and and that's what we tried to bring across in this episode. Well, as I've told you guys many, many times, that the fish tank is so special because you get your favorite athletes as a Miami Dolphins fan in a way that you would not get them otherwise. Like the fish tank exists in its own universe that just you you, you just have these stories and the the versions of these people that are comfortable to open up to you guys that I just don't think is possible on another platform. That's why we love the podcast so much. So if you're a big Zach Thomas fan, and if you listen to this podcast, that means that you are go check out the fish tank episode tomorrow. It drops Seth juice and hall of famer, Zach Thomas. You guys do not want to miss that. So guys, thank you so much for your time today. I'm, I'm very stoked about this long episode of drive time, promoting your podcast um, you can follow Seth at Team Levitt. You can follow OJ at OJ McDuffie. And of course, the Fish Tank at the Fish Tank 81 on Twitter. Guys, anything else you want to promote here? Uh, fish Tank wise, Zach Thomas wise, whatever, you guys go ahead and do that. Well, Travis, this one, thank you for letting us dive in, bro. You know what I mean? Happy to do it, man. We got to do it more often. It's been too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, if you want to, if you want to get, I think tonight though, I mean, if you want to check out before you get to the Zach Thomas episode, check out the Joe Horrigan and then also check out, you know, the, the tribute one. And then that'll lead right into what we did, you know, tomorrow. And the Deuce is on his A game as well too. The one from back in, uh, what yeah, that, yeah. So that was 2018, Travis. That was the first, one of our first interviews we ever did. It was before we were part of the Miami Dolphins podcast network, uh, with you, which has been awesome. Um, and we really just, I don't want to say we didn't know what we were doing juice, but we kind of didn't know what we were I doing. I know what the hell I was doing. Yeah. Except you did, <laughs> no, we were figuring it out. And Zach was like the second or third person that we interviewed. And he was kind enough to let us come up to his house and do that and tell some fun stories. And if you go back and listen to him now, which I did before this interview, cause we didn't want to do the same thing twice. It was, it was a lot of fun. This is a very different interview yeah. as it, as it deserved to be. But uh, yeah, it, it was, it's pretty wild to think that that was five years ago. Yeah. Five yep. years ago. Yeah. It was my yep. flash for me. Having fun boys. Well, Hey, thanks yeah. for taking the wheel today. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to say diving in because that's your guys' thing, but you took the wheel and you guided us home to a great episode. So thank you so much today, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us, Travis. Appreciate it, Ross.
And there you have it. There they go. Fun episode there. It's always fun talking to those guys. I just feel like the uh, the chemistry we've developed over the couple of years here we've been working together has really kind of just made for fun episodes, no matter what we talk about, especially when it's about a player we all admire so much in Zach Thomas. Again, that episode of The Fish Tank drops on Tuesday. Do not miss it. It's going to be great. These guys do such good work, and Zach's obviously a, a massive figure down here with the Miami Dolphins and the South Florida community. In the meantime, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow Seth and Juice. Follow the Miami Dolphins as well. Check out their podcast on the Fish Tank, not just Zach, but all the episodes, the entire catalog. It's largely evergreen, so you can listen to the episodes whenever, wherever. Shakira. Also, the team YouTube channel uh, for Dolphins Today, media availabilities, and much more. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up. Caroline, Daddy's coming home. <laughs>